Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to a special reaction episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire News Group podcast hosted by the legal journalism team, one of whom accidentally punched herself in the face and had a fat <laughs> lip. <laughs> and that person is me. I'm Imani Gandhi, Rewire News Group's editor at large. And I'm Jess Piclo, Rewire News Group's executive editor. Rewire News Group is the home for repro journalism that inspires you to just phone it in for the rest of the year, folks, because we're all just holding on by a thread, truly. The Boom Lawyered podcast is part of that mission. So big thanks to our subscribers. A welcome to our new listeners. And hey, viewers, how are you? Hey, look at my fat lips. So we are gearing up <laughs> for our end of year campaign to celebrate 10 years of expert repro journalism. That's just wild. Look, we count on our end of year supporters to help us stay on top of critical news moments and cover super important repro stories even after the national publications have lost interest. And to celebrate our anniversary, we're thanking our supporters, that's you, with a special Rewire News Group messenger bag when you give $100 or more. Jess is holding one up right now, and they are dope. They're really, really nice. <laughs> Truly, I was a little skeptical. These are really, really nice. And do it. Like, I'm using mine all the time now. And really, we are so excited about what we can accomplish in the next 10 years, thanks to generous support from listeners and viewers like you. So really, guys, thanks. And if you would like to donate, please head to rewirenewsgroup.com slash donate. That's rewirenewsgroup.com slash donate and give whatever you can today. We appreciate it so much. So, Imani. Oy vey. <laughs> The Supreme Court was at it again, this time hearing oral arguments in a case that honestly could weaponize the First Amendment and allow people to claim a religious exemption to just treating folks fairly. The case is called 303 Creatives versus Alanis, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, so 303 Creative. Honestly, why are we even- I love how we just start everything at this point with like, Ugh. Ugh, just such a sigh of just disdain and disgust, right? So let's talk about the facts of yeah. this case. There's a Colorado graphic designer named Lori Smith who owns a company called 303 Creative. She refuses at some point in the future to create websites for same-sex couples mm -hmm. and wants to announce right now that her company, quote, will not be able to create websites for same-sex marriages or any other marriage that is not between one man and one woman. Now, this is a woman who is claiming a religious exemption from mm -hmm. complying with the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act. And that's a statute, a law, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, among other characteristics like race, creed, etc. So this is a law, the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, that prohibits businesses from, quote, directly or indirectly refusing to an individual or a group because of sexual orientation, the full and equal enjoyment of goods, services, facilities, privileges, advantages, or accommodations. It's what's more commonly known as a public accommodations law, which means you can't refuse to serve people if you have a public business that's supposed to serve everyone, right? Yeah. 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 Very anodyne stuff. And this is a case that squarely puts the First Amendment against civil rights claims generally. And at the core is a simple question that's actually not so simple. Amani, what is speech? What is speech? Can it be weaponized to avoid laws that say things that you don't like? 
for example? And can you claim that anything that you do is speech so that you don't have to sell goods or serve someone because they happen to be LGBTQ or because they happen to be Black? These are the kinds of questions that this case really gets into. But you raised a couple really important factual uh, points about this case that I think we need to remind um, listeners and viewers of because... You know, all term, Amani and I have been talking about the cases that shouldn't be here, and 303 Creatives is another one of the cases that shouldn't be here. So, for example, no one's asked this lady to make a custom web- wedding website. She's not even in the business of doing these yet. This is all <laughs> hyperbole. Just a, It's a baked-up challenge, right? Yeah. So, functionally, in the law, we call those advisory opinions, right? She's just asking the Supreme Court, the highest court of the land, for a little guidance here, folks. (laughs) All right. We're joking, but the reality is that a decision in her favor, in, in favor of the designer in this case, would not just invalidate the Colorado law here that prohibits uh, discrimination in public accommodations, but it would open the doors to businesses to just openly refuse service. So this is a religious refusal case that's actually much broader than that, and other states will follow suit. Five years ago to the day, Amani, we were talking about a very similar case. Remember that? I do. I do. Masterpiece Cake Shop. This is Masterpiece Cake Shop 2.0. That's another case out of Colorado that involved cakes as speech claims, except this time we've got the designer claiming her free speech rights extends to website design that she's not doing yet for these right. particular folks that she might do sometime in the future. Hypothetical website Hypothetical. Design. It is also the same exact law that was at issue in Masterpiece Cake Shop, the case where Anthony Kennedy basically just crapped the bed and borked his entire legacy on gay rights by refusing to do something like recognize a second time LGBTQ folks as a protected class, for Mm. example. Yeah, he didn't do that. And we're still mad, Tony. Still still mad, mad, Tony. Tony. So... I just, I really cannot stress enough that there is no justiciable controversy here, right? What does that mean? Justiciable controversy means like in order to file a lawsuit, in order to get a federal court to review your suit, you have to have a controversy. You have to have an actionable controversy. You have to have a claim, a grievance that the court can remedy in some way. There is none of that here, right? Lori Smith has filed a pre-enforcement action, an action before the law has been enforced against her. Mm-hmm. Asking for a determination that the law violate, violates her right to discriminate against LGBTQ people on the basis of her religion, right? Yeah. Now, pre-enforcement actions are sometimes allowed. Yep. Right? Yeah. Like if the complainant is basically on the verge of potentially violating a law that will have some sort of repercussions on her, mm-hmm. right? For example, there was a case out of Arizona a couple of years ago about a... Uh, uh, people who are making uh, wedding designs, invitations. And the Arizona Supreme Court actually ruled in favor of the the designers, but that was because in the Arizona law, there was criminal liability attached to violating the law. So as soon as someone violates the law, there's there's a criminal process that attaches to her. But in Colorado, that's not the way it works, right? This law requires someone to file a complaint with the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, and then the Colorado Civil Rights Commission will launch an investigation, and then the result of that investigation may or may not have some 
some some activity or something that Lori Smith would have to do. Right. But she filed this lawsuit before anyone had any beef at all with her, right? No customers complained about her. The state of Colorado didn't complain about her. No one filed a complaint against under the law against her. And if they had, Colorado would have launched an investigation, but none of that happened. Yeah. So there's no enforcement mechanism in this law that would render Lori Smith in danger of any sort of liability whatsoever, right? Like, right. Even if at some point in the future she decides to start discriminating, it would still require a gay couple walking into her store or, you know, calling her up on the phone and saying, I need a website. Can you make this website? She says no. They say, why not? She says, I don't like gay people. And then that starts the process rolling. She doesn't she doesn't make wedding websites. No one asked her to do anything. So really, it's it's so alarming that the Supreme Court took this case and it should tell you what direction they're heading in, that they're taking a case that they don't need to take. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So I had mentioned Masterpiece Cake Shop and that five years ago, the Supreme Court was hearing oral arguments on exactly the same issue. And it really is what constitutes speech. What type of creative expression is speech? And is the speaker endorsing the message? So we heard, by the way, the court once again went completely off the rails on their schedule for oral arguments. Love planning a live stream show when they're like 75 minutes. Nope. Two hours. We're going to keep going. Two and a half hours. It's fine. It's totally great. Lawless court. It's a lawless court. So, you know, the we have what is effectively a test case by Alliance Defending Freedom to try and get a second bite at the apple, which they didn't get in Masterpiece Cake Shop. In Masterpiece Cake Shop, they were looking for a broad license to discriminate. And what they were trying to do was build on the objections and the dissents in Obergefell to say, hey, look, reasonable people can disagree on marriage equality and you can't call us a bigot if we do, right? That's what is happening here. It's a full-on legal campaign. And the reason we are here is, once again, a change in the court's personnel. So this is the third, fourth, fifth case we've talked about this time, where we are witnessing the court's conservatives acting as operatives for the conservative legal movement's policy goals. They want to rewrite the First Amendment, to import some kind of like Christian nationalism is all over the oral arguments today with Sam Alito in particular. Can we talk about Sam Alito for a minute? You know, the funny thing is, is when I was when I was writing this script, I added a little note that just said ridiculous comparisons to black people in the KKK. It's right there. It's that's where it is right there, because in Masterpiece Cake Shop, we had this whole line of questioning about, well, what would happen if you were to go into a black cake designer shop and say, I want you to make a cake for the KKK? Would that black cake designer be forced to make a cake for the KKK? Here we heard, <laughs> and, the, and, and, the, and the answer to that question, by the way, is it's no. no. <laughs> and the reason the answer to that question is no is because the KKK is not a protected class, right? It doesn't say that you can't discriminate against people on the basis of race, creed, origin, sexual orientation, and membership in the goddamn KKK. It doesn't say that, right? So can we knock it off with the dumb KKK comparison? But no, apparently we cannot. Because, and here's Justice Jackson again for, I don't know, what is it, her fifth, sixth argument that we've covered, maybe fourth, that we have covered for issues relating to our, our issue space, 
where she just drills down to the nub of the point just straight out of the gate, yep. right? So so Wagner, who is the Kristen Wagner, who's the attorney for ADF, who also argued Masterpiece Cake Shop five years ago to the day, she, you know, Kristen Wagner essentially was asked by Sotomayor and by Kagan and by other people, you know, for comparisons to other situations, right? If if a black couple walked into this person's wedding website design shop and said, we want a, a wedding website, would Lori Smith be able to deny that because she doesn't believe in interracial marriage? And mm-hmm. what Wagner just kept saying is the government can't force uh, someone to speak on either side. And yeah. so Sotomayor is saying, so essentially you're saying there's no line. There's no yeah. line when it comes to ignoring public accommodations law. And then here, and then Justice Jackson came in with this amazing hypothetical where she was talking about what if there is, you know, you go to the mall and there's one of those Christmas, you know, installations where you can take pictures with Santa Claus, right? Mm-hmm. And Santa's sitting there, white Santa's sitting there in his, in his little red hat. And there's a sign that says, you know, the way that we are trying to portray this Christmas scene is indicative of our religious beliefs. And under our religious beliefs, which are dated back to the 1950s, black kids can't sit on Santa's lap. Right. We will take pictures of black kids doing other stuff, throwing snowballs, making snowmen, whatever, maybe playing with elves. But black kids cannot sit on white Santa's lap. Can they do that? Justice Jackson asked Wagner and Wagner dissembled. She was just like, uh, uh, well, well, the thing is, is the, the, the photograph isn't speech, but the website design is speech because when you're asking someone to make an invitation, you're speaking, you're lending your voice to, uh, to approval of that wedding, which doesn't make any sense. Sotomayor kept saying, it's not 303 Creatives wedding. It's the right. customer that, that commissioned 303 Creatives website. So when you're saying it's our wedding day, you're not saying it's 303 Creatives wedding day. You're saying it's the customer's wedding day, right? And so then here comes Sam. So essentially, Wagner dissembled. And Jackson, yeah. everyone listening to Jackson would have said, no, of course you can't say black kids can't sit on white Santa's lap. So Sam Alito comes in with the hypothetical. What if there's a black Santa? And immediately, like as soon as the words black Santa comes out of Sam Alito's mouth, like just shut it the fuck down. Abort mission. (laughs) Just shut it down, right? So let's say there's a black Santa and it gets work. And there are black children dressed in KKK robes. What? What? What are you talking about? So if there are black kids dressed in KKK robes and they want to go sit on black Santa's lap, is that okay? What are you, Sam? What in the ever-loving shit are you talking about? Right? Like it's I cannot so, even hold myself still. This is too much. It's too much. It's absolutely ridiculous. There are no black kids running around in KKK robes, eh? And there are no black kids running around in KKK robes at the local mall trying to sit on a black Santa's lap. And the black Santa's going, oh, God, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to have to interface with the KKK. Lift up the robe. Oh, look, it's a black face. Well, maybe that makes it different. I don't even know what he was trying to do with that hypothetical besides express the same old racial animus that he always expresses. Right. And to try and sort of take the, the, the wind out of Justice Jackson's sails, which nice try, Sam, but ain't nobody taking the wind out of her sails. What yeah, is going he, on with Sam Alito, Jess? What's he's going high, on? Uh, he's high in his own supply because he did that with Justice Kagan, too. Like, it was wildly inappropriate, in my opinion, to make a joke that about Ash, the website Ashley Madison to Justice Kagan. 
Right. So like, you know, there's some amicus briefs that gets filed in this case. And Justice Alito is just, you know, I mean, look, the TLDR on Justice Alito today is that both he and Justice Gorsuch were just straight up trolling. Mm-hmm. All they wanted to do was troll. Like Justice Alito is doing the black, the like Black Santa bit for laughs in the courtroom, but right. it's actually not funny, no. right? Because the principle that they're asking for is a blanket ability to refuse service for anybody. Right. This is a religious refusal case, but ADF's own attorney said there's actually no limiting principle here. We want to just be able to serve people or not serve people depending on how we feel. That's right. what folks need to know. So Sam Alita's up there yucking it up like Black Santa, Black playing kids, ah, ah, ah. And then is like, oh, hey, Justice Kagan, you know anything about Ashley Madison? Like, we have a case. We have a case that should not be before the case because, as Imani has said, there's no actual live controversy here that was cooked up to basically try to rewrite the entirety of the First Amendment here. And the court didn't bite on that. There were two main questions that ADF wanted the court to take. One was, you know, is this a speech issue? And the second is, is this an exercise of my religion issue? The court didn't take the exercise of religion issue. Uh, They only took the speech question. So then ADF had to, after the fact, kind of, you know, reconfigure its argument for the case that was before the court now. And all that is, is policymaking Mm -hmm. at the court. Yeah. And and I do want to talk about a little bit more about how this is not going to be cabined just to LGBTQ issues. Yeah. And Justice Jackson just kept coming back to that, to that black, to that, not the black Santa, the black kids. (laughs) God, Black Santa. Like, I can't even deal. Alito launched the war on Christmas yeah, this she year. she did. But she kept coming back to, it would be okay for yeah. a Santa Claus to say I'm not, or for a photographer to say I'm not taking pictures of Black kids on White Santa's lap, right? Mm-hmm. And she likened it to the Newman versus Piggy Park Enterprises case, which is that old case about the white luncheonette owner who didn't want black re- black um, customers coming into his restaurant and eating yep. there, but he would allow them to go through the, t- through the takeout window, essentially. And Justice Jackson said, isn't that a similar thing? Like this pig, the, the, the luncheonette owner was offering a separate menu to the black mm-hmm. people that he didn't feel like he should have to serve because it was based, because he believed, whether it's a matter of religion or not, because as you said, they didn't take the religion question, but yeah. he believed as a matter of morality. Yeah. He, he was against integration as a matter of morality. So yeah. are you saying that, that that going forward, that that's something that people can argue when they're talking to Soto, Sotomayor kept talking about disabled couples. If a disabled couple walks into this website wedding design shop and the website designer says, I don't think that disabled people should be getting married at all for whatever ableist reasons that they concoct, is that okay? Again, the, the attorney for 303 Creative, this woman from ADF, Kristen Wagner, fumbled and floundered and and she just kept saying well no one on either side should be able to compel speech she kept talking about how it wouldn't it would be compelled speech if a democrat were forced to write a press release for a republican again justice jackson chimed in that's not a public accommodations issue number one and i'm chiming in with neither being a democrat or republican is a protected class just as the kkk isn't a protected class they can't make this argument Mm-hmm. that they should be able to refuse to serve LGBTQ people based on morality or personal feeling 
without having to acknowledge that that argument will extend to race because in this country, and you'll, and you'll remember, and maybe our listeners will too, in Masterpiece Cake Shop in the, underly- in the lower court case, the Colorado District Court or the Colorado Civil Rights Commission yep. actually talked about how religion had been used historically to discriminate against different groups of people. That mm-hmm. is a fact. But the very fact that the Civil Rights Commission made that argument was somehow seen as being mean to religious people. That's yep. what Anthony Kennedy said. It was being mean. The Colorado Civil Rights Commission showed, showed animus towards religion. Yep. By telling the truth. And we're seeing, and it's sort of, it's an attack on truth that we're seeing just broadly, right? I mean, you can talk about critical race theory. What does critical race theory mean? What does history mean? We're attacking truths. We're attacking history because maybe white folks are embarrassed about their history. Maybe not. Or maybe they just want to be able to hide what their actual goal is in a sort of wrapping of something that people can maybe understand. And one thing that you brought up that I thought was really important with respect to there being no live controversy here is that there was no gay couple that got turned away, right? Yeah. So we don't have, I can't, the, what was it, the Mullinses, Craig and somebody Mullins in Masterpiece Cake Shop. Yep. They were a gay couple that walked into the store and Jack Phillips looked at them and said, no, I'm not baking you a cake. Yep. Here, we don't have anybody going to Lori Smith asking for anybody. This is just a test case with glossy photos that have been, you know, that's been written about in the New York Times and all these papers, there's no opposing side. So all we have here is just a general question about whether or not someone who thinks being gay is icky can, through their own religious belief, claim an exemption from anti-discrimination laws. It's it's unmoored from reality and the conservative justices are playing right along with it. Right. You and I were talking about this case and I brought up the let coach pray case. That's Mm -hmm. the, you know, public uh, or prayer in public schools. And that case was a farce. There were lies before the Supreme Court on the record about what the football coach in that case was doing, the manner in which he was praying, the events that that, that was going on. And the conservative justices did not care. They went with the fiction. And that was the same thing that was going on here. Justice Gorsuch going on about the fiction of Colorado law that requires a business go through and learn what it did wrong when it's found in violation of civil rights laws. He called that re-education. Which is right? wild. I mean, <laughs> the Colorado Solicitor General basically was like, I'm going to disagree with, your, with that characterization. And it was essentially like, here's what the law is and here's what you need to do to comply with it. That's not re-education. That's just right. complying with a generally applicable neutral law that says you cannot discriminate against LGBTQ people if you're offering services to everybody. And that's right. another issue that came up about, you know, whether or not the website is speech is determined by who is asking for the product, right? Like, mm-hmm. who are you asking for a specific custom website? In which case, maybe that's not speech because you're offering it to gay couples and hetero couples. Or are you offering just sort of plug and play I'm sorry. If you're offering custom websites, that may be yeah. speech because you're, you know, you're infusing your message into it. But if you're offering just plug and play websites, is that speech? If anybody, a gay couple or a same sex co- or an opposite sex couple could come in and, and ask for this website, you know, Justice Jackson kept trying to get down to that point about, 
you know, what is speech? All of the liberals were, all three of them were. We're trying to get to that. What is it about this website design that's speech? Sotomayor kept flipping through the appendix, right? Well, uh-huh. I hear, I'm looking at your webpage. Where, what, what on your webpage is speech? And Wagner kept going, well, it says here, funny dating stories or RSVP or our photos. And she kept saying each of those bullet points is an invitation to the marriage. It's not the, it's not the designer's invitation, though. It's not. And it's absurd to claim that it is. I mean, so I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to stake out a really radical position here. Uh-oh. It's because the Alliance Defending Freedom is full of shit. Oh my God. You nailed it though. You this, nailed it. Like one of the most frustrating things about today's arguments was listening to the justices try to actually wrestle with the position that Alliance Defending Freedom was putting forward in this case, because this isn't about speech. It's not. They want it to be about speech because that's their Trojan horse to do other things. This is about just straight up wanting to refuse service on the basis of personal belief. That's all that it is. So to that extent, it's a conduct case. Can Mm -hmm. I refuse to treat you or can I treat you differently because I don't like who you are? Well, the law says not always. Conservatives hate that. They've hated that from the beginning. And to Imani's point that this is, you know, not a limiting principle, uh, Kristen Wagner acknowledged that time and time again. And there are actually live controversies in federal courts right now about whether or not Catholic schools, for example, can refuse admissions for uh, for students with disabilities on the basis of a faith-based refusal. So this is not just about evangelicals ishiness about marriage equality it is about their ishiness with social progress generally and it's also about their just incessant need to be a victim of some sort of grand persecution that is being implemented by i don't by like the biden administration it's the the Rothschilds and the gettys (laughs) and colonel sanders with his wee beady eyes i mean it's like (laughs) Sorry, it's a so I married an axe murderer reference, you know, the pentaverate. It's oh, like that's right. They, oh they feel as if that they are being persecuted by yeah. godless liberals who want them to accept things like you should treat people fairly. And I and I want it, and I want if there's one thing that you remember, I really want it to be that they are looking for an excuse to treat people unfairly. And it mm-hmm. is, and even if you are not, you know, pro LGBTQ, if you've got some issues with it particularly if you are a black person or if you are a disabled person or if you are a marginalized or minoritized person of any stripe, it's not going to stop here. Mm -hmm. It's not. They're coming for your rights. And as we've said, you know, our whole season has been about the ways in which the Christian evangelical project is marching forward when it comes to white supremacy and using the Supreme Court as an arm. The Supreme Court has become an arm of this white supremacist project, and they are more than happy to play this role. And evangelicals, they're just being so persecuted. They're being like, you know, I mean, get off the goddamn cross. We need the wood. (laughs) 
I was just thinking about the opening of uh, Justice Kegstan's confirmation hearings when he was like frothing at the mouth about the big controversy with involving the Clintons Mm -hmm. to take him down and the fact that in today's arguments, he's like, well, could someone be forced to write a speech for a Republican or a Democrat? Like, it's it is so un serious. Mm -hmm. And it's offensive. Like you and I went into the law because we actually believed in this stuff because we thought broadly the principles mattered. And today we heard Justice Alito making jokes about black kids dressing up in Klan costumes. Yeah. It's severely unserious. And it's also offensive. Yeah. And I just think that we need to focus on the fact that the Supreme Court is on board for treating people unfairly. They're on board for erasing people from civic life. Just today, for example, at Rewire News Group, we dropped this huge content. We dropped this special edition called One Nation Under God. We've got amazing pieces from all manner of people. Jess wrote a great executive editor's note. I wrote my first thing Amani's in like five got or a six piece. months because of my silly COVID brain. But really, this is... It's all connected. It's all part of this effort to move this country more towards theocracy and away from democracy. And you know what's the antidote to anti-democracy? Fairness. And if we can eliminate fairness as a principle of American democracy, then we're already 75% of the way towards theocracy. And that's what this court is doing. That's an entire word, people. Yeah. Well, that was fun. <laughs> uh, Fun's doing a little bit of work there, but sure. <laughs> hey, Black Santa, baby. Black Santa all the I way. I just, and like he went back to it. He I did. know we're wrapping up, but, but Sam Alito was like, okay, can we talk about Black Santa some more though? <laughs> and we all know Santa's white. Megyn Kelly told us that Santa was white on Fox News like four or five years ago. So why are we even talking about Black Santa, Sam? It's too much. It's too much. If you want to talk to us on Twitter or on anywhere about, Black Santa <laughs> or Sam Alito or just the general project to erase black people, people of color, indigenous people, L- LGBTQ people from civic life. You should follow. Come and check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter. Why did I say that? Like we just joined. Check us out <laughs> on this new platform, Twitter. <laughs> but you can follow me on Twitter at Angry Black Lady. You can follow Jess on Twitter at Hegemami. You can and should follow Rewire News Group, even though it's Elon Musk's Twitter. And But specifically, you should go to Rewire News Group on YouTube because that's where this is going to air. That's where our live streams are going to air. That's where we post our video podcasts. And if you subscribe there, you're going to get a notification when we're when we're, we're either live or when we have a new podcast that showed up. And in, the, in case that you don't want to, I don't know, look at my fat lip as I'm talking to you about Sam Alito and Black Santa, you can always get our podcast at places where you normally get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Sporting goods stores, dollar store. I don't know. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcast, go there. But generally, just don't don't with the Black Santa. Just no. Let's not talk about Black Santa. Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be back on Wednesday though. We should let folks oh, know God. about that. Yeah. So Wednesday, because this court, court is, is just not gonna that quit. Literally, could just crack democracy wide open. Moore versus Harper. That's the case involving this independent state legislature's theory that we're we're apparently. You know, North Carolina thinks that they that their state constitution and their state courts have nothing to say about the way that they run federal elections and that the legislature is just 
can just go rogue and do whatever it wants when it comes to elections, which is not the case. But that's more v. Harper. That's happening Wednesday. We will be back here live streaming, hopefully without the fat lip. <laughs> you look gorgeous, Imani. Oh, Nobody knows. <sighs> so, yeah, that's going to end our live stream for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And what are we going to do, Jess? We are going to see you on the tubes, folks. And on Wednesday. We'll see you on the tubes and on Wednesday. <laughs>